Ooh, let's go up to, uh, of course, we've, we had him on early this year. It is crunch time, folks. We need to get volunteers up to Senate District 14. Eric Putnam is the senator representing that district. He's kind enough today to join us to talk about how the campaign is going as we look at Election Day coming up here on Tuesday. Senator, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Thanks for having me on again. My pleasure. It's been a while. I've missed you. Oh, well, I'm, I'm nice to have you back. Are you out uh, door knocking today? Uh, I'm not. I took a break to talk to you. But well, I was doing a little bit earlier today, and I will do a little bit more later. Your uh, your campaign, I'm hearing actually lots of accolades that your campaign is, is absolutely outstanding. Nice job up there. How, how have you felt it's been going as you've been doing this uh, this campaign this year? You know, it's fantastic. You know, it, 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 Part of it has to do with expectations, and everyone keeps telling us how angry everyone is and how negative everyone is. That's just not the case in St. Cloud. Uh, when I'm talking to people up here, they're actually pretty resilient. You know, they say things like, uh, you know, I wish uh, I wish gas cost a little bit less. I wish milk cost a little bit less, but I'm doing okay. Um, there's a lot more of the I'm doing okay uh, than I think we've been told. Because uh, we're a, a more resilient uh, people than I think the other guys give us credit for. So the, things are going pretty well. Pretty and positive. this is a lot. It's a lot of St. Cloud, Waite Park, uh, St. Augustine, I guess St. Augusta, rather. And then as well, uh, is it, uh, what is it, Benton County? What's the township over there on the east side of it? Yeah, so with redistricting, we changed just a teeny little bit, and we lost most of Haven Township, and we gained a big chunk of St. Joseph. Okay, that's it. Uh, and then we still kept a bit of Minden Township. I think we kept Minden Township in its entirety. Well, it's 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 a great district. It's it's uh, definitely, you know, it's been DFL territory. I do have to remind people of something. When you're talking about differences, there's one thing that happened. It happened a long time ago, but I got to remind him. And the reason why I, this came up was Mary Franson, the representative, the Republican representative, who was bellyaching uh, just the other day about trick-or-treating and the, the pandemic restrictions that we had to put on that back in 2020. And she talked about talked about how the, the Democrats went overboard. And I had to remind them, and you were on the front row for this, kind of. I had to remind her that the Senate, Repub- the Senate Re- Republicans had a no, not more than a week and a half later had a super spreader party, which sickened most of their caucus, likely unfortunately killed one of their own senators, and then never told the Democrats when they went back to St. Paul, oh, by the way, a lot of us have COVID at this point. It's it's something that get lost in time, but as we talk about getting this Senate back in the hands of the DFL, the reality is is we've seen what kind of leadership they do. It's incompetent at best. It's time to put the DFL back in charge of the Minnesota Senate. No, absolutely. I mean, and the, that was just it was craven and it was gross. I mean, the the senator who passed away as a result of their victory party was my opponent. Good guy, Jerry Ralph was, mm-hmm. but he died because his colleagues are irresponsible. I mean, that's what it boils down to. This isn't really a question of ideology. I mean, it is on certain levels, but it's also just competence and being a reasonable person. And they were not when it came to some of the stuff that happened with COVID uh, last time around. We could, you know, you, the Senate's a co-equal branch with the governor, so his mask mandate didn't apply to us. A week, maybe, no, that's not fair, two weeks after uh, their friend and colleague passed away because of COVID, they argued against wearing masks on the floor of the Senate. That's just irresponsible. It's irrational. Yeah. But that's what they did. Yeah. And um, it, even that's, that's COVID-related, but it's also how they govern more generally. Uh, it's just not 
It's not good. It's not good for Minnesota. It's and not, we it's, can do better. Exactly. It's not for the mass, the population. It's not for the betterment of us all. It's for individual choice at their level, which is not how you should do this. Um, you, of course, that that was then. I want to focus on this because you have done something which I think politicians, when they do it right, it gives them a great insight into the district. You've been knocking on the doors. Talk a little bit about what you're hearing about when you're going to talk to the constituents in your district. You know, I was feeling pretty proud because we've knocked as a team, just my campaign, we've knocked around 28,000 doors. Nice. Um, that sounds like a lot, doesn't it? That does sound awesome. And I was feeling really proud about it. And then I was hanging out with my friend Kelly Morrison, and she's like, oh, yeah, we're at 59,000. I thought, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> Why do you humble me so? I was so proud. But it is. It's a tremendous amount of doors and a huge number of conversations. Uh, and like I said earlier, the people aren't as mad as they're being told that they are. Um, you know, we are uh, a strong people and uh, an optimistic people, and there's no amount of extremist bellyaching that can take that away from us. So the more doors you knock, the more actual people you talk to, the more democratic we feel. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so confident going into this election. So and as, as far as the issues go, what, what are what are you hearing? Because, I mean, that's, I think, the real bellwether of what's what's important in the district. What are you hearing at the doors? It's a little bit of stuff about economy, a little bit of stuff about public safety. But we talk public safety out here as a, a different kind of tenor because um, our police department is very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of the um, innovations with co-responders, mental health workers, social workers, those kinds of things, we do those things really well here. And other parts of the state are trying to take our model um, and do them elsewhere. So we're, we're pretty fond of our public safety department, um, I mean, our police department. But um, there are still some challenges on that front up here. Uh, so it is a, something that people are talking a little bit about. But it's one of those things where I think people are talking about it because it's part of their life, but they're also talking about it a little bit more because of all the, the horrible mailers and the, the stuff that people are saying about it. Yeah, the, the one thing that contributes the most to some of our issues with public safety is the consistent Republican barrage that's going on about defunding it. Um, that's what causes the problem. That's what causes some of the, the concerns around people going into the policing profession is this negative story that's being perpetuated by the GOP and their political advertising. It should be noted, too, the DFL actually was going to increase the funding for police statewide. And it was the Republicans who basically turned their back on the police and, and voted that down and didn't go back and, and, and pass that bill, the public safety bill. And basically they were the ones who denied the increase in funding for police departments and county sheriffs across the state. Right. And they're not being honest about it, which I guess, you know, for many of your listeners, it's not a huge surprise. But um, I mean, they're being ridiculous. Some of the mailers they're still sending about me. I think there have been 17 or 18 just straight attack ad mailers that mm-hmm. I've received just about myself. Um, I mean, I'm sick of me at this point. <laughs> but um, one of them, uh, one of the themes that they're hitting is still that I supposedly am somehow anti-police, which is ludicrous. And they list these um, these bills that I supposedly voted against. And one of them is increasing penalties on human traffickers. It says, oh, liberal Eric Putnam voted against that. And it's hysterical because not only did I vote for it, I was the author of the bill. <laughs> well, heaven forbid a small little detail like that escaped them. <laughs> right? But it's this story that they keep spinning out there, and I know that my neighbors and every other Minnesotan is too smart to fall for this. We well, are we are too too grounded, um, too focused, and too smart to get played 
um, like the GOP is trying to do. Well, it, when they compare you to like you're a vampire at the same time, yeah. you know, it's like, OK, you, you, they they get so blurred. I, mean, I was talking yesterday to Brad Tabke down in, in the shock me. And of yep. course, you can imagine what he is up against. And it really is this, you know. He's he's the 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 melted face guy from the Indiana Jones films, and he's against <laughs> and he's against effective tax policy. You know, it's like you're kind of overselling it there. You gotta they they kind of they throw everything at the wall, like you said, and it's it it they themselves become a caricature of themselves when they become so so flamboyant with their descriptions. How about we say it like that? Well, that's great. I mean, there's a there's a radio ad running about me right now that says. Um, now, St. Cloud has the fourth highest murder rate in Minnesota, thanks to Eric Putnam. <laughs> and, you know, but I, I, because it's so insane, I want to respond. I want to run an ad and say, like, yeah, I'll get us to number three if I have to go out there and do some murders myself. Like, we, we'll, we'll do it somehow. Because um, it's so ridiculous. It, it really is. And, and it, the, the mentality that whenever a crime happens, that somehow – it's your direct fault. Like you were like, you should have been on patrol that night. And I was like, okay, do you understand how any of this works? Cause I don't think you understand how any of this works, but it's, it's, this is, this is the game. When you do not have a viable reason to vote for a candidate, what they do is try to scare people into voting for them because that's all they've got. And fear is, this is pretty much been the mainstay, the mainstay Republican, you know, campaigning point for the last, 15 years yeah it's uh it's frustrating and it's also a nation and and uh, cynicism strategy it's a uh, it discourages people from voting because they end up saying well you know it's all crap anyway yeah you know and, and there's this false equivalency that says well i got these 15 negative mailers from the gop and i got this one you know comparative critical thing from the dfl it's all a waste i'm yeah. gonna stay home well, and that's the key right now is no, there's no one staying home this election, okay? You've got to vote because in case you missed it, right, you know, your, your individual rights are now being taken away from you. So you need to get out there and vote. We'll talk about that. One thing I do want to mention is your endorsement list on your webpage, a litany of unions. You're a really, the unions are really railing, uh, rallying for you here, and they're, they're definitely on your side up in Senate District 14. Yeah, it's great. It's nice to have their support. Um, these are folks who work really hard and know the power in organizing and having a voice together. So I'm grateful to have their support. The and, and I think that that is there's where the bread and butter is. I mean, these are the workers and they know that you're there trying to do what you can to make not only their wages work well, but make sure when they do get those wages that it's going further for them at home. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we used to have a, uh, a refrigerator uh, manufacturing site up here, Electrolux, went down two, three years ago. And I still remember talking to some of the people on the last day that Electrolux was open. And this guy shows me this photo of his work group and there's 15 people in it. And he points to himself and says, yeah, I was the one who'd worked there for the shortest amount of time. And I worked there for 37 years. Mm. Everyone else worked there 40 years, 50 years. And these were all union jobs that guys got when they were 18 and it allowed them to put their kids through college. They had health care. They had a, a strong, stable foundation, and they did this work for 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, it's, a, it's a great kind of job, the kind of job that, that we need to get back. Well, and, and you've, got, you've got a great university up there, St. Cloud State and, of course, other universities in the area. I do want to mention those, but I think one of the things which is really good is we are starting to now – 
get away from the shunning of the trades and kind of really starting to say, you know what, if you want a good job that pays really well and you're going to make some good money fairly quickly, get into the trades. That's where the money is. And I think that that's where this next generation of worker is going to go. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think the, the future workforce development is flexibility. So, you know, the average millennial uh, is on a job for like 2.6 years, I read somewhere. Um, so we need to have great jobs to get people started, but we also have to have opportunities for them to change careers or develop their careers as they do their job. So workforce development, I think, needs to be laddered. Mm-hmm. You know, there need, to, there need to be on routes and off routes at every stage of someone's career. Um, because that's the way the economy looks, and that's the way our workforce is is, is really headed. Last week, uh, I had some friends that were out there doing some door knocking, and they were in a pretty much a you know slam dunk. DFL is going to win it by forty uh, district. I was like, okay, that's a mistake. It's over. We need to get the people out of these safe DFL districts and into all these toss-up districts. 14 is always, it's, it's been with the DFL. It's a tough win. you got to get up there and, and challenge. Uh, let's talk about volunteer opportunities you have. I mean, it's just right up uh, in the interstate here. People can get up there in a little more than an hour. And what are you going to, you're going to be doing some door knocking all through the weekend? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, every day. That's what we're doing. Um, nonstop talking to people. But we're also making phone calls and sending postcards. If you want to help from where you are and the hour-long drive is too much, we can send you some people to call. Nice. You know, it's, um, there are plenty of opportunities to get involved. And, and getting involved is incredibly important, not just for the outcome of this election, but also for people to feel a sense of belonging in where the state is going. Uh, everybody's got some reason to help, some reason to get involved. And you meet cool people when you do stuff like this, mm-hmm. especially in St. Cloud. So ignore all the other districts uh, in the state. <laughs> Um, and just focus on St. Cloud because as St. Cloud goes, so goes Minnesota. Well, I will say this. Eric P- uh, Putnam goes back to St. Paul. The, the, the DFL's got a really good chance at winning the majority. So we need 14 is one of those linchpin districts. You need to get up there. Get I mean, and, and once again, God bless all the, the, the reps and senators in Minneapolis, St. Paul proper, in those first-tier suburbs, which basically are going to all go to the DFL. I am not saying you ignore them, but now is the time. It's time, the fisher cut bait time. It's time to go fishing, and it's time to get up into 14 and other districts, which are the, the challenge districts, and get up there and help. And as Eric just said, you can do this from your house, which is even great. I would say this. You got some good restaurants up there, though. You know, I mean, if you're oh, going to go yeah. up there, you want to go. There's some good places to grab some chow up there. And let's, I'll, I'll say this. So, Matt, you can come up, too. And everyone you bring with you, I'll take you guys all out to, to a beer at Beaver Island. <laughs> I will absolutely bribe every single one of you who comes out here to help. Okay, here's the deal for everyone who just listened. You have to go with me. All right? That's the deal. It's not a you don't just show up on Eric's front door like I need a beer. No, no Homer well, Simpson. You can do that too. You can do that too. That's fine. Just get up here. Uh so door knocking all day Saturday, all day Sunday as well? Yep. All right. So the web page, if people want to get out there, volunteer and, and help you out, even if it's just from home here in Minneapolis making some phone calls, where do they go to find out information about the senator? So you can go to our webpage. It's ericformn.com. That's, I spell my name funny. It's A-R-I-C-F-O-R-N-N.com. And there's a volunteer button. You click that, and you send a message to uh, me and my friends, and then we call you and say, hey, come up here. Uh, make some friends in St. Cloud. All right. I might be able to get up there. I might. I'll have to. I'll let you know on the side here. I think I might be able to get up there on Sunday. Uh, This is 
Uh, Eric4MN.com, A-R-I-C-F-O-R-M-N.com. I will link to all this on social media. For goodness sakes, people, if, if you want this blue wave to happen, you have to go make it happen. That means two things. Volunteering in these lynch districts, uh, the linchpin districts that you're out there, you have to go out there that we have to win these linchpin districts. Getting out there and helping and then voting, getting out and voting. And as, as, as the senator said, don't get discouraged by all this. That's the whole point. Republicans need Democrats to stay home if they're going to win. Do not get discouraged. You have to get out and get out and vote, correct? Absolutely. We got this. We totally have this. We just have to show up. Yep. Uh, Eric for MN.com, A-R-I-C-F-O-R-M-N.com. Senator, all my best up there. I know it's going to be a productive weekend, and I look forward to having you in St. Paul in the next session. Thanks a ton, Matt. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.